Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Good morning and thank you for joining us once again. You're listening to Eye on Houston. My name is Elias Escobar. And today we're going to be talking to Ms. Amanda Moore, Foster Care and Adoption Guide for Presbyterian Children's Homes and Services, or PCHAS for short. They offer a variety of residential and community-based programs across three states, along with initiatives to empower churches to support foster care families. So if you're thinking or have been considering on becoming a foster parent, Amanda has all the information with us today. Welcome. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Wonderful. Let's talk a little bit about the organization and how it's making that connection between members of the community that are interested in becoming a foster parent. I know right now it's it's kind of a difficult time because of COVID, but what is PCHAS doing to make that connection and make that process a little bit easier, not only for those that in, are interested in becoming foster parents, but for the children as well? Absolutely. There's such a huge need right now for foster families. And uh, what I love about Presbyterian Children's Homes and Services, PCHAS for short, <laughs> that is a mouthful, is we actually have a lot of different programs for children and families. So we work with families before they even get involved with the foster care system. And then we also work with families who are wanting to get licensed to be foster and adoptive families. But um, PCHAS, we, we have these really wonderful Presbyterian roots. We were founded over 100 years ago for actually a, a women's club that came out of a Presbyterian church that started caring for kids who were losing their mother to tuberculosis. So speaking of uh, uh, COVID, kind wow. of a time then too. And so out of that, our programs have continued to grow, but our mission remains the same. We, we provide Christ-centered care and support to children and families in need. And But even though we have these, these great roots, we welcome all different types of families. So uh, we do not discriminate in regards to religion. How is PHAS handling the COVID situation and how it's still reaching out um, to the community that would like to become a foster parent during this hard time? Yes. So we definitely have seen, or at least what we've heard from the state is families are, have been in crisis this past year. They've been struggling to meet the needs of their children. They've been stressed. They've been maybe not coping in the best of ways. And so we know that kids have been, kids themselves are experiencing right. a lot of difficulties being separated from school and friend groups. So this past year has been really difficult for our kids and families. And so right now we're really striving to share about that need with families and find families that are interested in foster care and adoption, because it it is such an important role to to really provide that temporary living situation for kids and not just living situation, that nurturing, loving family environment. And that way the state can work with the birth family, provide resources, provide services, 
with that ultimate goal of can we return these children safely to their birth families? Right. And not only talking to you now, but we see it every day that the need is there. The people that are listening right now that are interested or have been thinking of becoming a foster parent, how do they reach out to Peachaz and just kind of get a little bit more information, uh, maybe give them ideas on how to get started with the process? Where should they reach out to you? Yes. So, So our agency licenses families who are interested in foster care and adoption, but even if you don't feel that you're ready to get licensed, maybe you don't feel you're a great fit for foster care and adoption, I want to talk to you. I would love to share some information with you. We actually host online info sessions every week at different times. We do evenings, we do weekends. It's just an hour on Zoom where anyone can join and listen and just hear about Uh, What are the needs in our community right now? And how does the foster care system work? What are these kids experiencing? How does a family come into play? And and what ultimately does it take to become a foster or adoptive family? Um, What is the age range? Does this, is this from like infants to, I guess, 18 years old because they're considered an adult or what, what is that age range that you're mostly seeing um, right now? Yeah. So Children who enter the foster care system, they they can come in being a newborn as young as just born. And even at age 17, a youth can enter the state's custody. So we so kids in foster care represent all ages, but we see especially a need for families for our school age children and those te- especially our teenagers. So thinking about even at age six, we start to see a drop off in families who are are open to those age ranges. So for kids six and up, especially into those teenage years, we just don't have enough families for these kiddos. And uh, we're really trying to find families who are open to them. How does a how does a a person know if they're prepared to be a foster parent? I know you mentioned that you, even though if you're thinking about it, if you're not sure, um, what is that like? If I'm interested in doing it, but I'm not sure if maybe I'm equipped as far as my home or um, I have children of my own, like what is it involved and how does a parent know if they're able to even become foster parents? Yeah, that's a, a huge question and, and really important question. We, we love when our families take this decision so seriously and think through all those details. And that's really what my role is, is to answer the questions that you have maybe even to give you some questions you hadn't thought about yet Mm -hmm. and walk walk through what will this really take? What does it really look like? And then I also, I sometimes will connect families to resources if they have specific questions or concerns. I also encourage families, maybe you know somebody who has fostered or adopted. Maybe if you are a church goer, maybe you have a community at your church you didn't even know about. So finding ways to connect to other families who are doing it, getting, getting to hear about their experiences. That's another really great way to learn more. Um, One of the questions that comes to my mind is when you become a foster parent, um, are you a hundred percent responsible for the child as far as like, you know, buying them school supplies if they're a little older, like what does it all entail? And I know, and I'm asking um, because I know people are like, well, you know, I only make a certain amount of income and, you know, I do want to help, but I don't know if I can make it as far as at home. Um, How does that play into a role if you want to become a foster parent? 
Sure. Budgeting is, is important, right? We want to make sure our families are financially stable and meeting their own needs before they welcome these, these children. So as a foster parent, you do receive a, a small set amount for children and, and it will help cover things like food and toiletries, clothing, but it is really not enough to cover the, those extras. We the, know the, that kids, right. The extracurricular, yeah. if you will. <laughs> yes. We want our kids to play sports. We want them to be in the band. Um, we want them to have right. all those opportunities that other kids have. And, and so what happens is as, as their foster parent, you're their parent at that time. So those things will be coming out of your pocket. There are some really great resources available though. We definitely want families to think about building that support system, connecting with nonprofits, other churches. There are really want to support our foster families and and help meet those needs as well. Absolutely. And like you mentioned, um, once the kids live with you and you are, you know, literally their parent, um, how does that, could you transition into like adoption at some times? Yes. So foster care is very unpredictable. And so we always start with, let's focus on reunification. We want all of our foster families to be prepared to support these children. And we're always working towards, can this child go home safely to a birth parent? We also want to be prepared that uh, there may be a relative that gets found in the case. Maybe it's a few days in, maybe it's a few months in. And so it's wonderful when we can keep children connected to that part of their story. But we know that it's not always safe for kids to go back to a birth parent. And maybe there are not any relatives who are appropriate to care for that child. And what happens then is the judge can actually terminate a birth parent's parental rights. And then that allows that child to be legally available for adoption. So this is when we've ruled out all other birth and family options. So it's only then that we can start thinking about adoption for a child. But for our our kiddos who have been with a foster family, that's the first person the court asks. They say, hey, you've been here from day one, you've been caring for this kiddo, they're a part of your family. And so would you like to become their forever family? And it's a really amazing thing when our families make that decision with their kiddos and do choose to to be forever family. That's great. Um, once again, if you're just now joining us, um, you're listening to Ion Houston. We were speaking with Miss Amanda Moore uh, from Presbyterian Children's Homes and Services, or PHS for short. Um, definitely look them up online. And um, a little bit of more information. Uh, I mentioned they can find you online, but how do we reach out if we actually want to speak with somebody? And of course, that website, pchas.org, pchas.org. Um, but like we were talking about earlier, if I want to, but I'm not sure if I'm prepared um, and I want to reach out to somebody, is there a phone number that parents or um, people that are listening can call in? Yes, we've got a 1-800 number and it's 1-800-888-1904. So 1-800-888-1904. You can call, let them know you have questions about foster care and adoption. Uh, You can say, hey, I want to talk to Amanda. 
and they should be able to to transfer you through to me. Um, what are the initial steps? I know speaking to you and making sure that they are prepared or, or like you said, they're financially stable to take on um, this responsibility as a parent or a foster parent. Um, but what are, what, are, what are the steps to, to get there and to actually go through the process of becoming a foster parent? Yes. So we as an agency, we're really going to be your guide to walk you through this process because there are a lot of steps involved. Uh, think about if you were to place your kids with a stranger, you would really want somebody to yes. uh, get to know them. Yes. So <laughs> there's there's paperwork. We're going to walk you through an application and, and other papers. There is training. Training is a really exciting step because we want to prepare our families to work with these kids who they've experienced trauma and this training that we have, it's TBRI. It's really focused on understanding how trauma does affect our kiddos, but then it really gives practical steps on how can you parent these kids and meet them where they're at. And, and we also are going to get to know you as a family. We're going to interview you, get to know your strengths and, and your areas of need. And we, basically write all that up in your home study. And so the home study is the document we use to share with the state that, yes, you are a safe, appropriate family. And and also here's a little bit about your family. Here's who you would be really great family for. Um, The parents that you worked with in the past, the uh, foster parents that you work with in the past, um, tell us a little bit about how, how they feel very fulfilled to become a foster parent. Yes, I... Gosh, we have some really wonderful foster families who they have just really opened their hearts and their homes to kiddos. And I think one of my favorite, the favorite, one of my favorite things of a family has shared with me because it's so real. She shares fostering is it's the hardest thing I've ever done, but it's, it's worth it to be able to, to change the life of a child, even if even if I'm only there for a time being, I know that I have played such an important role in the life of that child and have really changed that directory of, of their course. So foster care is hard. It's challenging. But I think for our families who can really put kiddos first, really put themselves in their shoes, see from their perspective, and just be there to provide that love and nurture I think um, those are really the most beautiful stories I hear is, is our families who just, they're all about the kids and, and, and focusing on them. Wonderful. Um, I love, I love that. I love really good stories like that, where people are able to share what they go through. And some people do this, you know, for years, um, or, or do it as much as they can. Um, (laughs) so with that being said, I know that you feel like you've, you know, you've played a, a role in, in helping these children, um, do they continue to have a connection? Like if, if I were to foster a child and, you know, I just kind of wanted to um, keep that connection or maybe just kind of see how they grew up or, you know, what they grew up to be. Um, can they continue that um, relationship later in life? So every case is so different. So for most cases, I think that when a child either goes home to a birth parent or to a relative there may not be any continued contact with that foster parent. And that can be really challenging. We just have to know that we, we were in that their life for a certain period of time and we made a difference. 
and, and just continue to, to pray and, and think of those kids. But we certainly have had some really incredible stories of foster families who created a, a positive relationship with that birth parent. We've seen, we've seen foster parents who even became mentors to birth parents. We had a, yeah. um, a parent who didn't know how to put in a car seat. And she was too afraid to ask her worker because she didn't want that to be a something else for the state to, to be onto her about. Right. And so she then saw her foster, the foster parent as someone safe that she could go to and ask for help. And another situation, we had a birth parent who obviously over time had, had gotten to know the foster family and they invited them to church with them. And that child was not able to go back to a birth parent. They were, I believe, ultimately adopted by the foster family, but they continued to have a connection with the birth parent. Birth parent came to church, was able to to continue seeing that child have visits. So there are some really incredible opportunities where these, these lifelong relationships are formed. Are there ever situations where you can help with the process of fostering a child that's already within the family? Does that happen often? So are you referring to a birth family, maybe a relative? Right. Like if, like if, uh, like maybe I have a niece, I had a baby and I want to foster. I mean, if she went through something and they're looking for a foster parent and I'd like to foster, you know, my niece's babies. Do you see that often fostering within the family? We do. We see a lot of family members who step up to be foster parents for a niece, a grandchild, a sister, whoever it is. And, and we actually have a name for those situations. We call it kinship. Okay. So these kinship caregivers, they can be relatives and they actually can be non-related. We've seen teachers, coaches, neighbors, just someone who has a close relationship to that child. We've seen these people step up when, when that birth parent's going through crisis and that child has to enter care it is really the best option when it's someone that child knows that they can go and stay with them. So uh, we also here at PCHAS, we license our kinship families and provide the resources and support that they need to, to care for those kiddos. That's awesome. Well, um, Miss Moore, thank you so much for talking to us today. Again, we're talking to Miss Amanda Moore from uh, Presbyterian Children's Homes and Services, PCHAS for short. For more information, you can uh, visit them at pchaspchas.org slash foster adoptive events. Is that adoptive events? Is it adoptive events? Yes. Or you can even go to pchas.org slash foster adopt or foster adopt events. Either one is, uh, will get you to some more information. And give me that phone number one more time, Amanda. Sure. It's 1-800-888-1904. Wonderful. Thank you once again for speaking with us today. Um, you know, we wish you the best, your organization, and I think it's wonderful what you are doing for the community. I know right now are hard times for COVID, but, you know, with that being said, that's when we need the most uh, help. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time. And thank you to all our listeners. Uh, We really appreciate you. You're listening to Ion Houston. For more information, definitely visit them online or you can dial them at uh, their 1-800 number, 800-888-1904. My name is Elia Escobar. Have a wonderful day.